Welcome to Archway's Western Civilization History Podcast. In our podcast, we look for the best of the West and discuss the stories, events, themes, and people that made the West different from the rest. This summer, we've been learning about the Italian maritime republics and city-states that existed during the medieval period and brought about the Renaissance. As we've studied cities like Venice, Florence, and Genoa, one country kept popping up, the Papal States, and its leader, the Pope. In this first of a two-part series, we're going to be focusing on the Pope. Next week, we'll talk about his dominion on Earth, the Papal States, and how they turned into the Vatican City that we know and love today. To understand the Papal States, we first have to understand the Pope. According to Dr. Terence Tilley, Chair of the Theology Department at Fordham University, calling the Pope Pope is a little like calling your CEO Chief. You see, Pope comes from the Italian word Papa. It's actually a colloquial term rather than a formal term. In America, we often use the phrase, especially bishops, Holy Father or Sancta Papa, which is where you get the term Pope. Now, according to the Vatican's website, the Pope has eight official titles that are not Pope. So for today's episode, I thought it'd be fun and educational to hone in on each of those titles and see the meaning and historical origin of each one. The eight titles are the Servant of the Servants of God, the Bishop of Rome, the Vicar of Jesus Christ, the Successor of the Prince of the Apostles, the Supreme Pontiff of the Universal Church, the Primate of Italy, the Archbishop and Metropolitan of the Roman Province, and the Sovereign of the State of Vatican City. These official titles give us a glimpse into the Pope's history and origins, and so we'll use them as a platform to discuss who he is and then Next episode, we'll jump into the territories he controlled in the Middle Ages. The first title is the easiest to break down, Servant of the Servants of God. This comes from the Latin phrase, Servus Servorum Dei. This phrase is rooted in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 to 27. It's a teaching of Jesus Christ that, Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. And so the Pope is a servant to those who devote their lives to serving God. Next, the Pope is called the Bishop of Rome. Let's dissect that. The word bishop comes from the Greek word episkopos, meaning overseer. In the New Testament, Paul writes to men who have been called as bishops, and he lists the qualifications for these roles in the books of 1 Timothy and Titus. Among these qualifications are integrity, teaching ability, having self-control, and being a male. They were also known as shepherds for their congregations, and Peter even calls Jesus Christ the bishop of our souls. Over time, the term bishop came to be applied to a regional church leader who administered many church congregations. At the Council of Nicaea in AD 325, the church leader of each city or area represented his region's churches. These leaders were referred to as bishops. Around the same time, a hierarchy of bishops emerged. Bishops of the major jurisdictions, or sees, such as Rome, Antioch, Jerusalem, Alexandria, and Constantinople, took precedence over the lesser bishops and their advisors who formed their bishoprics. This made sense since these cities had large populations of Christians and also had important significance to the religion as places where apostles had taught or holy relics rested. As a result, the bishops of these regions had greater administrative tasks and often had to prove themselves as greater religious scholars and writers. The Bishop of Rome, who oversaw the resting places of both Peter and Paul, and watched over some of the largest and most heavily persecuted congregations of the church, 
emerged as having special privileges and duties above other bishops in the West. The Bishop of Rome started being used to settle disputes between other bishops, and he became the magistrate of highest appeal in the early Christian church. This is where we get into the next title, the Vicar of Christ. Vicar means agent, representative, or even substitute. The title of Vicar of Christ, specifically in reference to the Bishop of Rome, started being used as early as Pope Galatius when it appears in liturgical texts. The title was used somewhat inconsistently and became more common as popes began claiming more and more monarchical authority in the High and Later Middle Ages, especially under Pope Innocent III in 1198, with whom the title has become particularly associated. The third title, Successor of the Prince of the Apostles, is very much tied to the Vicar of Christ title, and likewise was pushed by Pope Galatius along with his predecessor, Pope Innocent I, who served from 401 to 417. This title has its origins as early as the 3rd century. There was a tradition that the Christian congregation in Rome established by Paul had been overseen for a time by Peter. Legend states that Peter was killed in Rome during the reign of Emperor Nero. He was crucified upside down because he refused to be killed the same way that Jesus was. Since Peter was in Jesus' inner circle and was told he was the rock upon which the church would be built, an idea emerged that Peter was the prince of the apostles. Therefore, his successors as the overseers of the Roman congregation would thus inherit his rank or primacy in the church as the foremost apostle. St. Cyprian of Carthage argued for the preeminence of the Roman pope as early as the 3rd century. And since Irenaeus of Leons in the 2nd century had publicly stated that Peter and Paul had been the founders of the church in Rome and had appointed Linus as the succeeding bishop, the current bishop who could trace his lineage of authority to Linus ought to be the successor as prince. And so, like I said, Pope Innocent I championed this idea that the bishop of Rome was heir of Peter and should share his primacy over the entire church. Pope Leo I, who we'll talk about in more detail in a little bit, also emphasized this idea in the mid-5th century when he argued with the Bishop of Alexandria and told him that since St. Mark had established the church in Egypt and Alexandria and was subject to Peter, therefore it would stand to reason that the church in Egypt would be subject to the church in Rome. Pope Galatius I continued to assert this at the end of the 5th century in a controversy with the Byzantine Emperor. This claim of supremacy of the Bishop of Rome over the Eastern churches eventually led to the formal split between the East and West, or Greek and Latin, churches that occurred in A.D. 1054. Before that, the Pope actually had another title granted to him by the Byzantine Emperor Theodosius II as Patriarch of the West. But because of the schism, the Pope lost that title and eventually got rid of it in 2006. The next title the Pope currently has is the Supreme Pontiff of the Universal Church. This is related to being the Vicar of Christ and the successor to the Prince of the Apostles. It's emphasizing the Pope's claim as the leader of the entire Christian Church. Pontiff, in ancient Latin, means a bridge builder, but by the 15th century, medieval Latin speakers were using it to denote the High Priest, or Chief of the Priests. Calling him High Priest is a reference to the ancient role of High Priest, the supreme religious leader of the Israelites. For much of Israel's history, the office of the high priest was hereditary and was traced from Aaron, the brother of Moses, of the Levite tribe. The high priest oversaw the work of the other priests, but his most important duty was to offer sacrifices on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. 
the author of the book of Hebrews, tells us that Jesus Christ's authority predated that of Aaron and the Levites, originating with King Melchizedek, who was Abraham's priest. Since Jesus offered the ultimate sacrifice, he was acting as the supreme high priest. Therefore, since the Pope is acting as the vicar or agent of Christ, he is thus considered the high priest or pontiff. The term universal church comes from medieval Latin as well. The Latin word for universal is catholicus, which is where we get the word catholic. In medieval times, it was interchangeable with christianus. It meant constituting or conforming to the church. Thus, the pontiff of the universal church means the high priest of all of Christianity. The primate of Italy is not a reference to the pope being an ape living on the Italian peninsula. Rather, this title is referring to primate, being the head or the principal or the primus, the first, of a region of the world. So the primate of Italy is simply saying that he is the first in line of the Italian bishops. Dr. Tilly explains, as primate of Italy, he is the number one bishop of Italy. So when the Italian cardinals meet, he's in charge of these cardinals. The next title is the Archbishop and Metropolitan of the Roman Province. This is a similar title to the primate of Italy. An archbishop is a bishop of the highest rank and is a term generally applied to the metropolitans. Metropolitans, being used as a noun, is a term used in the early church. These were bishops of a municipal capital of a province or eparchy who had general superintendence over the bishops in that province. In modern Catholic use, a metropolitan is an archbishop who has bishops under his authority. So this is specifying that the Pope is not just the head of the whole church, but also has specific command over the city of Rome and its bishops. Kind of like how in the U.S. you can be the Speaker of the House, and so you're kind of in charge of the whole country's Congress, but you're still a representative of that area that elected you to Congress. The last title of the Pope is the Sovereign of the State of Vatican City. Sovereign comes from the old French word sovereign, meaning a lord or a ruler. Eventually it came to mean the king or queen of a realm. Vatican City is a country that mostly sits upon Vatican Hill. Vatican Hill was one of the seven hills that the ancient city of Rome was founded upon. So how come the Pope is the king of a region in Rome, even to this day? Well. To get answers to questions such as these and many more, you're going to have to tune in next week to our episode on the Papal States. And that about wraps up our episode on the Pope and his titles. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend. Also, consider supporting this podcast to keep us going at podcasters.spotify.com. For more information on this topic, check out the sources listed in the description. I'm Doug Archway, and that's history for you.